At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Oh. It's your boy Casper. I just jumped out of the porch with Dirty Glove Bastard. We live in the bluff. You did. Let's go. Took some losses, but I get it back often. Hit him up by that little boy coughing. Got a vault, cut a say on the door. I ain't got it. Alright, so we got Casper Bluff off the porch with us today. What's up, Dirty Glove? I'm feeling great, man. How you feeling today, man? I'm great, man. It's a beautiful day. Woke up, got some money, and now I'm here with y'all. It's a, it's a beautiful day. That's a blessing right there, man. So yeah, I appreciate you coming by today, man. For so, sure. Yeah. Much love. No problem, man. Alright, so Atlanta native, right? For sure. Born and raised. Yep. So talk to us about growing up in the bluff, man. Growing up in the bluff, um, you know, it ain't no difference from any other hood, you know what I'm saying? Same struggles, you know what I'm saying? Same hustles, you know what I'm saying? You got niggas that gonna rob, you got niggas that gonna get money. You got, you know what I'm saying? It's different niggas like in the bluff. But, you know, growing in the bluff, you know, I learned and I seen a lot of things. And, you know what I'm saying, at an early age, that normal kids ain't gonna see at that at age. It's like growing up on the other side of somewhere else. Seeing niggas selling dope, niggas gambling, goddamn uh, neighbors on drugs. Yeah, the whole, whole, whole community on drugs. You know, it just, it's really the trenches. Yeah. Has the area changed much over the years since when you were first coming up till today? Oh yeah, hell yeah. Shit definitely changed. It ain't nothing like it used to be. Late night in the hood, back in the day, you might see a hundred people outside at four in the morning, like just clubbing, like it's it's two two in the afternoon. It don't change a lot. The yeah. community don't change. Would you say it's changed for the better? For sure, definitely, definitely changed for the better, cause they like knocking down, they don't tore down all the apartments, so they like they re reinvade everything around there, like they building new houses. They they moving the police into the community, like they they just changing it up. It ain't the same no more. Yeah. At what age would you say you jumped off the porch? Uh, I jumped off the porch early. Like I was off the porch, and my people didn't even know I was off the porch. Like <laughs> I've been off the porch for real, like 14, 15, young nigga trying to like really just figure it out. Like, growing up, I come from a money. Like, my family come from money, like a hustler family. So, like, I always wanted to hustle. I always want to know how, what, like, what the hell does hustling mean? Like, I always was hearing that coming up. But me going to get my own bag, I call that hustling. So I started taking my own chances and risks early, like 15, 16. Like, even though my mom would give me allowance, I still want to get my own money. Like, it ain't nothing. 
making my own money and I know guaranteed Mon Duke finna give me some money this weekend. Yeah. Like, you know, so I just I always wanted to hustle. And you're the youngest of uh, all the kids, right? Yeah, I'm the youngest. Yep, the youngest of six. I got uh, three sisters, twin sisters, by the way. And um, I got two brothers. On my dad's side, I got two little brothers. You know, so I'm the youngest, though. Yeah. I'm the youngest of, of my mom's six kids, you know. So did your, your older siblings, did they kind of help guide you when you jumped off the porch? Uh, no. Because, like, my brother, my oldest brother, he been a hustler. Like, he jumped off the porch when he was 14. This back in goddamn 1990-something. <laughs> like, he was been jumped off the porch. Like, my brother a real dope boy. Like, my brother a real hustler. Like, he known for getting money. Like, he the first nigga, young nigga, to pull up in the bluff in the BMW. He the first nigga to pull up in the blow with the Jeep, the Jeep Wrangler with the doors out that motherfucker back then. Like, so it wasn't no necessarily guidance. I already, I always knew like what I was getting myself into. Like, then nobody had to show me how to hustle or get no money. Like, yeah, okay, this a person showed me like, yeah, this was going on. This what you gotta do, break this down to make that. Like, yeah, of course. But the OGs in the hood really showed me and the older cats in the hood really guided me. The dope boys in the hood who had the paper already, yeah. really. Like, my brother had his own shit going on. My brother on this side of town, my brother type of hustler, he ain't hustling in the hood. He had his own, own thing going on outside the hood. So he went really, my brother went posted on no block. He wasn't that type of trapper. Like, you know, he was a different type of trapper. He's different type of trappers for real. I got you. For sure. What would you say is one of the biggest life lessons you had to learn in your life? Uh, me losing my mom, you know, I lost my mom, like, what, 12th grade, my last year in, in, in high school, like, you know, but before then, like, I wanted to be, like, everybody had hoop dreams and shit, like, everybody wanted to play football, I love LeBron James, Michael Vick, my favorite quarterback, you know what I'm saying, so, I always had them type of dreams, so, but, me losing my mom, so quick, like I ain't know like it was coming that quick, like so I had to really grow up early and experience things like that she ain't teach me, like she tried to teach me like far as like business wise, like now that I'm here now, like I know certain things she was trying to teach me before she left, cause she ne she always had it, like she would sit with counsel for years, like she had it back in like 2008 and like my whole, my brothers and sisters they all hid it for me because I was so young. They didn't know like how I was gonna take it. So, but it went away or whatever. She um she beat it. Then like a couple years after that, it came back. So she had cancer again. And like I knew like about cancer because being in school, like that's when I when I got old, I'm like, okay, breast cancer is this. Okay, mm -hmm. my mom had this, like, and I ain't know. So as when it came back that second time. It was just like, it like it was kind of hit hit me, cause like, I had so much shit going on as a young nigga, like just being in the streets, catching cases, open charges, like, just really trying to figure it out. Like nigga don't know what the fuck they doing. They just waking up every day, risking their life for, for paper, for money. So like, when she passed, it was just like, I had to. 
look at life different, make better choices, make better decisions. Then I had, when she passed, I ended up, my, my daughter was born, so that really slowed me down, and I really stopped myself. I'm like, okay, hold on. I can't move the wrong way, because I got open, open cases. If I move this way, I might, it gonna fuck up everything. So I just, my mom was my big guidance, and like she just really like been on my on my shoulder, guiding me through this whole way, yeah. for real, honestly. I feel that. So what has being a father taught you about life? Being a father, like you gotta make better decisions. Like you can't make the stupid decisions I used to make. I gotta think about her. It's all about her now. It ain't even about me no more. When she was born, it wasn't even me. It's over with. So. I even had to focus on her. She got down, like, I just had to think twice before I do some stupid shit. Like, even when I'm, even with the music, like, it had, like, looking at her, talking on the phone, being around her, it made me want to, like, go harder. Like, I got to do this for her. Like, I got to. Like, it ain't no ifs, ands, or buts. I got to do it for her. Yeah, absolutely, man. So how long you been making music now and what inspired you to start at first? Um, I've been like, I've really been into music for a long time. Like, I've always been a music person. I never, I'm not one of them type of person that be like, okay, I want to just like, try rapping today. No, it wasn't that. Like, I always thought I was a hot boy. Thought I was Lil Wayne. Like, I always, like coming up, I thought I was Wayne Weezy. Like, it was just somebody wheezy growing up. It just, I love that shit. And I thought I was him. I still had the dreads, long yeah. hair, baggy clothes, bandanas. Like, he made bandanas cool. Like, you ain't even had to be no fucking game banger, none of that shit. Like, just growing up, watching Wayne. And, like, my family come from music. Like, I was, like my family really come from music. I got a, um, a uncle, Eric Sermon. He from New York, he's like a MC. So like seeing that growing up, like I just always been around music. Like it's always been around music. Then especially when you're in the trap, when you're in the hood, listen to G's and T.I., all that. Like, damn, I want to goddamn be like them growing up. So me getting my own studio equipment, like just, I just knew what, how to put everything together like to make music. Like I used to go YouTube, like how to work Pro Tools, all type of shit, like, so, but like, I always been doing music. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For a minute, but I ain't just really take it serious until like, probably like 2016. Okay. Like about 2016. Like I used to be in a group a long time ago. The band again, again, yeah. yeah. I used to be in a little group, you know, but you know, I started doing my own thing, you know. Now we're here now today. Now you said your uncle was 
Eric Sermon? Yeah, hell legend, yeah. man. Yeah, for sure. That's a real legend. Yeah, EPMD, sure. man. I didn't know that. That's crazy. So how'd you get the name Casper, man? I got the name Casper, like, from my homeboys. It, like, it was just, they just called me that shit. Then I want to do music. I'm like, bro, I can't call myself, goddamn, my real name. Like, singers call themselves <laughs> their first and last name. Like, I couldn't figure out shit what I really want. Because my name started with a T. My government name started with a T. I'm like, people used to call me T-Man. I'm like, nah, hell no, nah, that shit country. Like, I don't <laughs> like that shit no more. So I had to come up with some shit that'll stick. And like, it's just me, Casper, like, you know, I could be here and like be there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, far as like my partners, they like, bro, you just disappear. Like, you don't even tell nigga when you gone. Like, you just, <laughs> just gone. gone. Like, what the fuck? You don't like call or none of that shit. It's like Casper can go for many ways. They just gave me that name and that shit just, just stuck. Like, it just sticked on me. Yeah. What's your thoughts on the rap game and the music industry right now? Um, I feel like it's wide open, like, you know, I just feel like it's wide open, you know, it's some competition, it's a lot of competition because everybody want to wake up and do music right now, you know, it's make it a little harder for the real talented people nowadays, but I feel like the game wide open, you know, I'm just ready for it, you know what I'm saying, I just got to be genuine, like bring my love into it, bring my flavor into it, bring my drip into the game. Is it gonna be a difference? Like I feel like I'm different, you know. Yeah. So how did you link up with Chubby Baby? You reached out to him, is that right? Mm. Man, Chubby got down. Man, Chubby been like really like been talking for a long, long time. A long time. I used to be um, DMing Chubby like I used to be like DM like big bro like fuck with me like you know. <laughs> Got my shit, my shit hot. This is like 2000, fucking what, 14, 15, some shit like that. He always didn't bet. Like, I might send him a record, like, he'd be like, keep working. You know, one day we're gonna goddamn link up. He like, just keep working. But like, this is the time he was fucking with, what? He had his hands on Future, goddamn 21 Savage. This around that time, so them niggas was hot back then, like, now me thinking about it, like now, I be like, bro, my shit with ass. I'm trying to goddamn compete with, <laughs> with these two niggas. This man fucking with big dogs. Like, like, I was like, I gotta, I had to step my shit up. So time went by, time went by, you know. One day I seen him at Waffle House, it was probably like three, four in the morning or some shit. Little wee wee hours. I'm in there with my little female. You know what I'm saying? He walked in there, he like, we made eye contact. Like, he like, he like, Ain't you, you like, you that kid? Um, Casper, right? I'm like, hell yeah. I'm like, no, what's up, big bro? He like, what's up? He like, you still been doing the music? I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I ain't stop shit. I still been recording. Like, I ain't never used to drop no music, bro. I used to always just record. I never used to drop. People's like, bro, you need to drop your music, bro. I'm like, bro, I just gotta, I don't like my sound. Like, I went comfortable, like, how people would think if I would drop music. Like, I always was hard though. I always had a, I know how to come up with some shit, but long story short, it was just like I met him at Waffle House and then I sent him a song after he, we left the Waffle House. He like, yeah, we gonna link up, woo, woo. Sent him a song, 
he was just like, keep working. He ain't never like, I guess I, I guess it wasn't just, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know where the hell it was. So long story short, a year later, I was getting out from, um, I got locked up. I had did like a few months in jail. So I was getting out and my partner, my brother, who I be with like every day, he was like, bro, we got to get down, take you to the mall. It was one of them days, my first day out. I ended up getting out, boom. We had went to the Gucci store and sex. So Chevy was in there with some other music niggas. I don't know who that was, but I knew they had some shit going on. So he like, he looked at me again. He like, he like, bro, I got, we got to do something. Like, so when he seen me, he like, bro, we got to do something. He like, bro, I just keep bumping into you. Like, woo, woo. He like, you still been doing the music? I'm like, hell yeah, I still been doing the music. What you mean? Like, it's a whole year later, some change later. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm still doing music. Then he like, bro, he like, you gonna come to the studio tonight? I'm like, man, you said that last time. <laughs> I like, bro, you said that last time. He like, I'm for real. He like, send me some music right now. He like, when I leave the mall, I'm gonna ride to that shit. Boom, so I sent him like three, four songs. That nigga, I was still in the mall. That nigga, he been had done live. He called me while I was still in the mall shopping. He was like, bro, come to the studio tonight. He like, that shit you just sent me, that shit hard, bro. Come tonight, he like, come to the Hit Co studio. That's when him and uh, L.A. Reed had the mm -hmm. studio. So I went down there, was kicking it, recording with, at the Hit Co studio for a minute. And then ever since then, like that night, like we just locked in, like I been every day, like since then, like it been going on like a year and some change. We've been locked in since that day. Gotcha, man. And you're now with Cash Money in Republic? Yeah, Cash Money, yep. Got a deal with Cash Money. Like public, you know what I'm saying? Awesome light deal, you know? Okay. A joint venture deal. So how did that all come about? Um, that shit, like, that was just real. I feel like that was just like a blessing, like, cause like, I came, like I told you, like, I always thought I was a hot boy coming up. Yeah. I thought I was Wayne, like, I got throwback pictures, like, for real, I really thought I was Wheezy. <laughs> thought I was a baller block, and I used to love that movie, like, I used to watch that shit so much. So, but the cash money deal was just like salute my brother Leonard Brooks. You know, um, he one of the chubby baby friends, close partner long. They've been friends for a long time. Um, he played my music um in Miami. Then he would play my music at Hitch Factory. Or whatever. He played my single, one of my little singles I was. Coming out with, I was finna get a drop that I still ain't dropped yet. Featured me and Coco Vango. So we, he, he, I guess he was playing that song out there and Slim heard it. Slim heard that motherfucker and he was like, who the hell is this? He <laughs> like, bro, this kid named Casper, he from the bluff. He got down, he signed the Chubby Baby. He like, for real? And got down, one day I was in the studio with Corn and got, and Chubby pulled me out the room, he like, bro, he like, shit, it's some shit happened. I had got into something. I forgot, you know, it be them days you might be feeling down or some shit, and he knew it. Like, as a big brother, like, me and Chubby got, not just on no music shit, like, we got a real big brother, little brother type of relationship. So he was just one of them days, and he pulled me, it was like the session had ended. And he was like, come here right quick. He was like, bro, he like, bro, I just want you to leave out of this room with, like, some inspiration, like, 
You know what I'm saying? You've been working hard. You've been in the studio going crazy for months and months. You got, I want you to know, goddamn, Slim didn't want to cash money, want to fly you. First, he said Slim. He ain't say nothing about cash money. He said Slim want to fly you to Miami. So I'm like, Slim who? The <laughs> hell, Slim who? He like, cash money, Slim. I'm like, nah. I said, you capping. He's somebody, for real, cash money, Slim want to fly you to Miami. I'm like, for real? I'm like, Shit, let's do it. Let go. Shit, you know, I had some other little um, distribution deals on the table like we were supposed to put together like before then, but we just held out. You know, we just held out and just try to like really like get the best situation going to get this ball moving off the ground. Cause like I'm a fresh artist, like I'm a real fresh artist. Like I've been recording for years and years, but I never really just got that run and that big shot like to really just drop that music and so now it's time to drop that music now yeah and like get the fans and the, all the supporters to know who casper is get them to know me through the music because they already know me in the streets like they already know what's happening with me they know i've been getting money they know i've been popping it been fly like since back then when they already know that and you got the new single let's go yeah that motherfucker going crazy like that motherfucker going up for real like for real, the numbers going, moving cool, you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't never had a 100,000 views on YouTube. Like, I never had that. So that's a, another blessing for me. Like, I'm proud of myself for that. Like, just to seeing the numbers going up, the following going up, people paying attention to me. Like, you know, it's a big accomplishment for me. Because, yeah. like, being an artist, you don't know. Sometimes you don't know, like, when you dropping something, is they gonna fuck with it or not? You could think that shit hottest, hottest ever, but them folks ain't fucking with you. Them folks ain't fucking with you. Like that's how it is. But let's go. Salute to everybody who been putting that together for me. Salute my management team. Salute the whole awesome life. Salute the Metro made it. Um, 808 plug. They produced the beat. Without them, I wouldn't even have that shit going. You know, it was just one of them days I pulled up that motherfucker. And that song, I been dead, that song. But I always used to listen to it. And it's like, making when you making music, consistently making music, sometimes some song go in the back of your hard drive and you be like, it's just in the back. You forget about it just cause, like, cause you recording so much music. So I forgot about it. And then I was just listening to it one day. I was like, bro, this motherfucker is hard. Like, I got it, cause I was pushing the other song called Superstars. I was just going outside with it and just letting the DJs, paying the DJs 100, 200 to play it. It was cool, like it was moving, but like when I, one night I was like, bro, I gotta switch it up. I'm finna just play it and see how to like the, how to bounce, how to, like, you know what I'm saying? How, how the difference, how the crowd react. And I played that motherfucker in the lure one night. Salute DJ X-Ray, he played that motherfucker. And that motherfucker like just was like, it was just knocking. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's the one. Me and my partners in the session, we had went up through like 10,000. We were like, oh yeah, that's the one right there. That's the one we got to go with. And then I called Chubby. I called him. Called him. I'm like, bro, let's go. The one, bro. That's the, that's the one, bro. We, we got to go with that one. Like for the first one, because like I got so much music. We don't want to come out with this song and they think, okay, yeah, this he this type of artist. 
Because sometimes you come out with certain music and you're a fresh artist and you come out with a certain song, they be like, oh, yeah, he this type of. You can be a bumping ground artist or you're going to be a trap trap star artist. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm a real trap star artist. Like, I come from the streets. Like, I jumped out of the porch for real. So, like, I want the world to see me as that type of artist. Like, you know, so that's why I be just more focused on. Yeah. You got a new project on the way, right? Yeah, I got a new project. Um, Calling your bluff, you know what I'm saying? I'm really gonna call a lot of these niggas bluff when I drop this motherfucker, cause a lot of niggas, these niggas hold nuts, you know? But <laughs> calling your bluff, I'm telling these niggas, I'm showing these niggas how, I'm telling these niggas how I'm coming on this motherfucker. Like, I got a lot of hits, like, coming on that motherfucker. A lot of producers, um, just a lot of, it's just a lot of heat. You know what I'm saying? It's really like a hard to pick the tape out, like for real, cause motherfucker change every other day. I be riding to a song like, bro, this gotta go on the tape right here. And then I another day, week later, oh, this gotta go on the tape right here. And I had 30 songs. Like I got over like a thousand songs just really that I listen to on a daily basis. Like that's in a catalog that I'm a, I gotta put 12 songs on one tape. So I'm like, I gotta go crazy on that. Yeah. I'm um I'm gonna do a lot. I'm just gonna take it back. I'm like gonna do a real street tape for the streets. Like I never got to drop no tape with no big DJs, how niggas did tapes with drummers in the streets, swamp Izzos, like you know what I'm saying, them type of tapes. So I'm, artists ain't really putting the DJs on the tape no more. They just letting that shit ride out. So they just making music and just putting it together, drop it. But I'm just gonna do it, take it back for a minute. I'm gonna link up with Swamp because he been really like Blast my record at Blue Flame, like he been going crazy in the streets with it. So salute to Swamp Izzo, you know. I'm just we gonna put this tape together. I'm gonna um, throw another DJ on there, yeah, on there. I might go with X-rated somebody. I just want to just take it back like that old Atlanta mixtape shit. Like I want to go let that bitch ride from A to Z. Yeah. It's gonna be one of them type of tapes. Like having you, you gonna play that motherfucker from A to Z. You gonna be some trap shit on there. It's gonna be some for the females. It's gonna be some for like you know the people who going through it. If you're trying to motivate, you can. It's gonna be songs on that you can get up in. It's gonna motivate you to go do better or go harder with your dreams or whatever you want to do. Like I got all type of music on there. We ready for it? It ain't just one sound. Yeah. What else coming up for you for 2021, Casper? A whole lot of content. I'm just building content. A lot of videos, um, more interviews, more music, you know what I'm saying? More seeing me like outside, promote myself, promote my brand, promote my team, you know what I'm saying? Promote the label. You know, I got a lot of stuff coming. I'm just really just working. I'm just trying to outwork everybody. Just put the grind in, cause like this is my first big shot. I can't, I can't miss it. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to all net that motherfucker. I ain't trying to backboard or none of that. I'm trying to scrape right in, right in the net. So I'm just working hard. Really, the whole 2021, preparing myself for 2022, 2023. Like, I'm making music when I'm going to drop then. Like, I got a whole shitload of music I'm dropping now, but I'm building shit for the future, too. Feel that. All right, Casper, any shout outs before we wrap it up, man? Um, I want to shout out to my family, first of all, you know what I'm saying? I want to salute the Chubby Baby, 
I want to salute the Austin Life, Cash Money, 50-50. You know what I'm saying? I want to just salute everybody who's been rocking with me, supporting me, and salute the dirty glove bastard. Straight out the fucking porch, you did. And salute the bluff, my hood. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get on and buy back the block. Took some losses, but I get it back often. Hit him up by that little boy at Coffin. Got a vault, cut a say on the door. I ain't got a stream of fire in the club. Coming up. What's up, y'all? This is Clint Coley, and I'm the host of the Music is a Love Language podcast. Now, check this out. If you're a fan of music podcasts, then be sure to check out and subscribe to Music is a Love Language podcast. We are a podcast that has honest conversations about music all day, every day. If you like to argue music, this is the podcast you want to be listened to. And it's brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop and powered by creators. Again, Make sure you guys follow and subscribe. Music is a love language podcast. I'm Clint Coley. Hope to have your ear soon.